For GateWorld.net, I'm Darren Sumner. I'm here with Mr. Robert Picardo, one of my favorite science fiction icons now on uh, Stargate Atlantis. I don't want to interrupt because you're doing really well. I, uh, I like the sound of that. I am, I am, in fact, the new commander. In fact, when I call my agent now, they say it's the commander. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, first, take us back to your original casting as, as Richard Woolsey back in the seventh season of SG-1. I, I was up in Vancouver working on another show. I'm not even certain what it was. I think it may have been Tales, to the, Tales of the Crypt. To, uh, no. I remember it was the new Outer Limits. I was up doing the I was up doing the Outer Limits. That's it, and I got a call from my agent saying, "How do you like the weather up there?" Mm. And uh, and I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "Well, you've been offered a one-day guest star on um, uh, Stargate SG-1." And of course, I was familiar with the show from when I was a Showtime subscriber, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I think it had recently moved to the Sci-Fi Channel, and mm-hmm. I don't think I'd seen it in a little while. But uh, I said, it sounds great. And, and it was a he- very dialogue-heavy one-day shoot because I had a commitment to fly to England like a day or two later, so they had to shoot all my stuff in one day. This was for Heroes. This right? was for Heroes, mm-hmm. which apparently was an episode that was 10 minutes long, and the material was so good that rather than cut it, they decided to expand it into a two-parter. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, starring Saul Rubinek, who's one of my mm. favorite uh, oh, character actors. He's yeah. just uh, great. And um, in any case, I, I got the stuff, and it was basically a hard guy. Uh, you know, just a, he was uh, kind of a functionary with a you know with a very tough investigative exterior mm-hmm. that was sent into a sign blame because. Mm-hmm. Uh, the doctor had died tragically, and, and he thought somebody's head had to roll. Mm-hmm. So I, I did not have a lot of personality. I was just very mistrustful of everyone and came in and interviewed everyone mm-hmm. so that I could decide you know, whether or not there needed to be a fuller investigation. Um, and and uh, everybody was real nice to me, and the, crew, the uh, other actors were very warm and supportive, and the producers, uh, the, one of the... Uh, one of the producers at that time had given me one of my first uh, tele- TV movie jobs years before. So it was, it was a, a fun environment. I didn't think much of it. The shoot went well, and mm-hmm. I said thanks and goodbye. And mm-hmm. They brought you back right away. And they brought me back right away, which surprised me only because the character didn't... He, he, he seemed conceived of as kind of a, a, a one-time, you know, bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the second time they brought me back... I still was not a bundle of charm, but, but I, was, uh, I, I was acting at the behest of the evil uh, Senator Kinsey. Yeah, inauguration. And exactly, and didn't, didn't know that he, I was being manipulated. Mm-hmm. But that, that episode, they, they, they began their rehabilitation of the Woolsey character yeah. by showing that he really meant well mm-hmm. and had a passion about uh, the importance of having civilian oversight of secret military operations and felt that, that it, was, it was extremely important to keep it uh, from spinning out of control or from the wrong people, ironically, mm-hmm. um, getting control of it. <laughs> yeah. um, so once they showed that I really meant well, and I had a, quite a nice scene at the end of the show with uh, William Devane playing the president, where I said, uh, you know, I, I, I know that, uh, that you made certain deals in order to get elected, and, and, uh, you know, and here's some information about whether or not you, you're, you're kind of in bed with the wrong people mm-hmm. without knowing it. Um, 
and then uh, by that time I had made some friends up here and I think they kind of liked having me around so they started writing other appearances and they gave Woolsey a regular function which was, a, which was great he became the, uh, the uh, new um, IOA yeah, liaison the IOA was born. Sure. so that, that gave me kind of a regular reason to show up right. and, and annoy people <laughs> but still the character was fairly I, I don't want to say that he was non-dimensional but he basically came in as, as a conflict character as a problem yeah. Yeah. and uh, and sort of as a, the guy who was the ultimate bureaucrat who came in and told everybody what they were doing wrong the, the sort of think tank personality who wasn't used to really working in the real world himself but simply evaluating others who were <laughs> and and then there's been a, a, a the character has been developed over several other episodes on SG One, and then even spun over to uh, Atlantis mm-hmm. as a as a recurring guest character. Mm-hmm. And then they started to build a little humor in, which was nice. Uh, in, in the episode, I guess Scourge, the Scourge, where where we got to see um, the fact that that in the real situation, Woolsey was not quite so confident and mm-hmm. on his game as he was in the conference room. Mm-hmm. Joe Malazzi cites the running with your arms pumping as <laughs> the one that just made him laugh out loud. Well, it actually, uh, I rarely make myself laugh, but when I saw that, it made me laugh as well. After that I, running from the corrosion, <laughs> that's what I remember. That I, I was, I was at, I was at uh, hell bent on on being the first one saved. Yeah. <laughs> so, you think that Woolsey has grown as a character over the last four or five years? Um, oh, absolutely, and it's it's. As I said, it's mostly uh, a credit to the writers deciding that they wanted to make the character more dimensional, give him some comic foibles, give him an awareness um, that he rubs people the wrong way and perhaps can't quite help it. It was a very nice little moment in in, uh, a scene from uh, last season where I come to evaluate uh, Colonel Carter's command and uh, I say something to Amanda Tapping uh, like uh, it's been brought to my attention that I sometimes rub people the wrong way, and the line just hangs there, like a you know, like uh, uh, <laughs> Uncle Mitch's after dinner fart, you know, <laughs> where where no one no one can quite acknowledge, <laughs> and then and then we simply there's a, there's a bump in the conversation, and then we move on, and I thought that that was a major step for Woolsey to 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 admit publicly that he knows that he's not that social graces are not his strong suit, and. Um, even though it's yet to be explained uh, thus far in, in the episodes we've shot, why exactly he wanted this position, because he's he's always evaluated uh, evaluated other people's mm. command, and and there's been no indication that he really envied or aspired to mm. be the leader himself. So is this something that he sought out? He sought out. Well, that it's something that I've thought about and I have my own ideas about, but I have literally not discussed with uh, the writers why he wanted this. I just made my own decisions because it wasn't um, it wasn't pertinent to the uh, to what we've shot thus far. So I just thought about it myself. Um, and uh, and hope, in, uh, because I know that they have uh, guest stars uh, with Amanda Tapping coming up. I hope that we'll get to actually have a some sort of a confrontation um, about why I, I I took her job, so to speak, or why I recommended that recommended that she be replaced. Perhaps pitched myself as a temporary replacement, or the IOA actually picked me as a temporary replacement, and then I just stayed on. That was what Joe 
Malazzi first told me when he approached me about uh, assuming command was that um, was that uh, the IOA decides to re replace uh, the military commander because it was always going to be a science expedition mm -hmm. replaced mm -hmm. with the civilian. Mm -hmm. And in the interim, I become the commander while they're basically headhunting. And I'm doing a, su a sufficient enough job mm -hmm. that I get to stay on. We have not necessarily established that, although that okay. could be the underlying reason. It okay. just simply hasn't been expressed in, in any of the first four Excellent. episodes so far. But uh, he clearly wanted it. It's not something that's, that's, uh, that's uh, I could tell by how they're, they're, how they're writing the character. This is something that he wants very much to prove himself in. And from an actor's perspective, it's, it's fun to play characters that are trying to reinvent themselves. Um, it's, uh, I've never enjoyed the, the challenge of playing someone who is, who is one way happy with the way he is and not about to, to, to try to change or to grow. Um, it, it was one of the challenges and one of the fun parts of playing the character I played on Star Trek was that he was designed for one purpose but aspired to have usefulness in so many other areas. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's an appealing thing for an audience to see a character that wants to re reinvent himself, who realizes what his character flaws are, what his weaknesses are, and wants to try to overcome them. And, and uh, so that, that's the part that I'm most enjoying. And thematically, we had to play down the fact that Woolsey was not necessarily courageous in those guest appearances. We had to sort of put that aside and deal, and, and, and whatever uh, comic moments we're still looking for in the show, I think really come from the fact that his people skills are not so good. Yeah. It's one of the greatest stories of drama, the antagonist gone protagonist. Mm -hmm. you know, that journey to mm -hmm. get there is probably one that's going to take most of the season. I, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's all about him discovering, um, discovering A, why he has this ambition, yeah. and B, how he can rebuild himself brick by brick to, to succeed. And, uh, and I, I think that that also appeals to, you know, whenever you play a character that's older than your target audience, because I think, you know, the, the science fiction tends to have a, a younger male audience, that they'll, they, they, they do hook into a character of any age who wants to reinvent himself. I think that that's something, that's a, that's a feeling that, that you have in every phase of life, you know, graduating high school and going off to college and saying, you know what, I don't want to be called Bobby anymore, I'm going to be Robert or Rob. Yeah. You know, or I'm going to just change myself. I'm going to, whatever I didn't like about, uh, you know, the way I was interacting, I'm going to try to make, you know, I'm going to try to present myself as a, as a new individual and see how I can grow into that image. Do you think that becoming base commander has sort of instinctively made Woolsey a protagonist, or is that a, a process of development? He's moving from antagonist to protagonist. Well, he's, he's again, um, because of his uh, weaker social skills, he is antagonistic in the way he, pre he presents his, uh, his protagonistic uh, <laughs> agenda. I mean, I'm, yes, I'm here for the, for the, to protect uh, the security of the base, but he's also um, constantly talking about we have to focus on our primary mission and not and, and, and trying to pull people back from some of the various goodwill and humanitarian gestures that they do. He's a 
I mean, he's a bureaucrat. Mm -hmm. And uh, to me, what makes it so much fun for me secretly is uh, we, we've, we've had it clearly demonstrated in, the, in, in our current administration how bureaucrats telling the military what to do when they have no military experience of their own uh, can lead to some, you know, serious disaster. And, and I, I, part of me rather impishly thinks of uh, Woolsey as someone like uh, a, a likable Dick Cheney. If, you, if that's even possible to imagine. But science fiction fans have the greatest imaginations of any fans in the world. So if you can imagine mm -hmm. Dick Cheney being likable, having the capacity for self-reflection and the ability to admit having made a mistake, then you're sort of on the way to, you know, the possibility of a bureaucrat growing into a human being. There's uh, some similarities with uh, David Hewlett's character, Dr. McKay. Uh, he started out as, you know, grouchy, mm -hmm. unlikable guy. Uh, do you think there's a way to play Woolsey as genuinely likable without him losing that edge of, of who he's always been? I wouldn't want to. I really wouldn't want to because that's part of the, that's, that's part of the ongoing fun. You know, when you do series television, the audience wants to, they, they want to feel that they know the characters. It's a, it's a funny kind of, um, uh, what's the word? There's a certain duality in that the audience wants to get something that they've seen before that they love, but they always want to be surprised a little. Mm -hmm. So you have to do that blend of this is what you've come to expect from the yeah. character, but try to surprise them with the character still struggling to grow. Yeah. And that's, I think, but you don't want to suddenly become another character because then, then the, you know, it's, the becoming is always much more interesting than the state of being. Mm -hmm. So I, I would never want to surrender that. Um, you know, and, and suddenly have him be, you know, much better socially and, and also much more courageous. Yeah, it's not who the character is. No, it's really, he, he, the, the process of, of him growing into a leader, I think, is going to be a very exciting one to play from my perspective and hopefully for the audience to, to watch and enjoy. So, uh, Woolsey shows up in The Seed. Is that your first episode? I, I, I am a little... Is the seed the first or the second like, of the season? Yeah. Um, I appear uh, briefly and surprisingly at the end of the, of the first one. I just didn't remember the title. Search and Rescue. I'm terrible with titles. I'm good with stories. Um, uh, so at the end of Search and Rescue, he shows up and, and rather abruptly and unceremoniously uh, um, announces... <laughs> Here's what we're going to be that doing. he's taking over, yeah, that someone's taking over, and whoops, I think it's me. Um, and then he is, uh, then the next episode, The Seed, is, is quite um, dramatic. There are very few um, humorous uh, moments regarding my character, other than his initial abruptness and arrival and, and, and not, not being capable of making an inspirational speech. <laughs> But beyond that, it's quite uh, dramatic, and, and, and regarding my character, the arc is basically him realizing that under these circumstances, he cannot simply play by the book, which is what he, you know, what he came here thinking mm -hmm. he could do. That's, that's and, who he's and, always and, been. Exactly. He's always been asking other people, why did you not follow protocol? And now he's realizing... Easy. 
firsthand. And Sometimes un- maybe you have to violate the prime directive. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't think we had a prime directive here in uh, MGM, do we? I thought Paramount had the prime directive. Yeah, what do you guys call that's it? That's copyrighted. <laughs> we gotta, yeah, we, MGM needs another phrase for the prime directive, like the main thing. <laughs> You know, I, I think Wolsey, you know, he, he knows what the main thing is. But um, I, I think that uh, they, were, they wanted very much to see that the all bets are off light go off in Wolsey's eyes mm-hmm. and, and that it simply wasn't going to be just a matter of, you know, opening the manual and, and, and following the, 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 the code. Which um, you got a taste of last season in, uh, I think, The Seer. Was the episode where there's sort of this questioning of, of Carter's command? Exactly, and and what's quite uh, wonderful about the show that we're doing right now, Ghost in the Machine, is is the shoe is on the other foot, and I I basically take a page from her leadership and and try to create that myself. I try to call a bluff in the same way that she did, uh, and that, this is just not something that's referenced in the script, but in my, my mind and my character background, I think I'm very much uh, uh, trying to emulate a moment that I witnessed very, you know, closely and, uh, and almost single-handedly destroyed. <laughs> um, but in fact, arguably, that could be the moment, uh, looking back, that Woolsey decided that he wanted to be a leader himself because he, he kind of admired uh, the the uh, the calm and the strength that she had in that moment, and thought uh, that that's that's appealing. I wonder how I can create that in myself. Um, I don't. I certainly didn't have the idea at the time, but looking back, that was a that was a major that was a major moment that he witnessed there, and I think a major lesson learned. In this episode, Ghost in the Machine, you'll you'll see him really take his first big step toward his own leadership style mm-hmm. um, in the in the in the intervening one that we haven't spoken about yet there's one other one that we haven't talked about the yet. last oh broken ties broken so you ties. mentioned broken ties broken ties has um, uh, is also a uh, has a <clears throat> very good and exciting dramatic a story but there's 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 a lot of little um, kind of B story moments of, of Wolsey getting used to you know life on a remote Space base. So there, there are uh, there are some uh, comic moments um, <laughs> involving his his period of adjustment, and also the fact that he's kind of a lonely guy who's been married yeah. to his work, and now he, you know, he sort of uh, is here, but has all these people that he works with rather intensely, but doesn't really have any friends yet. Mm. So there's. Do you have friends on Earth? You think? Any I think that's my secret. No, I, I, we, we find out in that episode that he's divorced. That he, okay. he was married um, for a number of years, had no children, hmm. uh, divorced, and lost his Yorkie uh, to his wife in the divorce settlement. Oh. <laughs> I have to remember, Joe Malazzi is a great dog lover, and I'm a dog lover too. So, uh, so there's, a, there's, there's going to be, a, I, I would imagine there'll be some canine um, thematic elements. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to find out that the Yorkie's name was Neelix. <laughs> no, no, no. There you go. We have another. Uh, we got another lawsuit there. Back to the to the command thing, real quick. Are you looking forward to the scene that will ultimately re- be written where Carter and Wolsey compare notes? Oh yeah, that's what I, I I I am looking forward to. That I'm also looking forward to the possibility that there'll be some new uh, liaison from the IOA who comes, <laughs> who, comes, yeah, oh, yeah. who comes to out bully me. 
In fact, I already thought of a couple actors to recommend for the part. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, all of that, the shoe is now on the other foot stuff, is going to be great fun to play because, because I was, uh, let's, you know, I was not exactly tactful in my approach as that mm -hmm. character when I was evaluating someone. So it'll be interesting to see what I expect and how I react. Mm -hmm. Now that Woolsey is not an outsider when it comes to the Atlantis team, how do you approach interacting with each of these individual characters? I imagine that Woolsey interacting with a Colonel Shepard is totally different from Woolsey interacting with Ronan. Yeah, well, I, I, it's funny you should mention Ronan because I, I um, have already thought that because he is the man of action mm -hmm. of the show, um, the man of few words, and I am the man of many words, and and formerly no action. <laughs> that it, that it, it, we're natural, um, I think, uh, not only comic foils but dramatic foils for each other. Mm -hmm. So my goal and my hope is that they will. Uh, I've already talked to Joe Malazzi about finding ways to pair us together in certain situations, and I've even made a suggestion or two of my own. So we'll see if the because the most to me the most fun thing for the audience member is to see a character that they've already grown to love, like Ronan, mm -hmm. thrown up against some person who he is not only not used to dealing with, but suddenly has to deal with. And, and, uh, and, and it's always fun to do new you know, character pairings in a, mm -hmm. a long-running show. So uh, I, I do have, uh, uh, I, I had some ideas as to how we might react together, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. And, mm -hmm. And ideally, you develop a, a, you know unique relationships with all of the different characters. But because we are such polar opposites, mm -hmm. and because I so clearly annoy him, right? <laughs> I think it's a I think it's a, a natural pairing. There was a line late in season four, uh, in uh, an episode midway, which you weren't in, where Ronan has to go up uh, against the Iowa. Basically, mm -hmm. says, "I know how to handle guys like Woolsey. Mm -hmm. I can handle myself." Uh -huh. I can I can tow the party line. No, there's been there have been a number of lines. Like he also says, uh, in, he also says in the episode where I first appear, uh, which um, is uh, the seed, mm -hmm. he says something like, um, uh, six billion people on the planet, and this is the best they could come up with." <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Can fix my math. How many people are there on the planet? Yeah, six point five. Right. Not bad. All right. Yes. <laughs> yes. I thought I was going to be off by you know some order of magnitude and have yeah. to excuse myself. Do you consider yourself a fan of Stargate? What is it that you about the show that you think uh, I, viewers find so compelling? I think that, uh, and I've said this for a while. I have to be careful about saying it at Star Trek conventions. Yeah. I I do think that um, there's a kind of a looseness freewheeling quality to Stargate which really appeals to me they do um, they do humor I think by and large better than we did it on Star Trek and that's a hard thing for me to say because I play a character that I carried a lot of the humor but I think that there's something about the kind of the consciousness that they're in a science fiction show that, that I think it started with RDA you know that kind of you know we have to, we're intrepid and tough every week, so what do you, you know we have to save the world yet again. Yeah. That that really that's also echoes you know um, Harrison Ford and in, in the star early Star Wars uh, shows that that uh, early Star Wars movies and Indiana Jones that 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 kind of uh, 
that kind of tone that they've captured in the show really appeals to me and is a great way of mixing humor with all the action and excitement. I think the visuals are great in the show. I really love the opening theme music. I have to tell you, my, my, my greatly looked forward to guilty pleasure will be to see my face uh, glued into the opening credits. Yeah. Because I really love, cool. I love the opening credits of this show. So, and I love... I, I love the opening credits of the last sci-fi show I was in too, but they're completely different yeah, because our, uh, you know Voyager was was so sort of stately and operatic in its mm -hmm. opening, and this is just you know grab you by the by the belt, yank <laughs> you off the chair, and throw, throw you out the window, which I really like. <laughs> As an actor, how does this experience compare to years your years on Voyager? Well, it's it's obviously relatively early to tell. Sure. Yeah. But I, I, this is a very comfortable set. Um, you know, uh, Star Trek felt more like a, a kind of like a, um, a feudal, uh, a, a feudal system. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was like a, it was like this old kind of entrenched empire, and there was good and good and bad about you know the, the feudal system, and you were rewarded if you served well. And all that. But, <laughs> But there was something that, because it had been around a while, and because there were so many, you know, shows and movies happening at the same time, that that whereas this feels a, a, um, kind of looser and, and more democratic. So, uh, you know, without uh, and and I had a great time doing my old show. I'm just saying that the perception is that it's a little it's a little more relaxed here. Let your hair down just a little. Well, if I had it, I would. I'll have to let your hair down. <laughs> Just to sneak in one more Star Trek question, because mm -hmm. we're both such huge fans oh. of the franchise of yeah. Voyager, mm -hmm. sure. the Doctor. Hey, listen, well, please ask Star Trek questions, and I'll yeah. tell you why. There are a few... Some people don't want to go back in time. There are a yeah. few Star Trek fans out there, and I'm going to find out who you are and where you live, who don't watch Stargate now. Yeah. And what I want to say now is I welcome you. Now, why you would be reading this on the... On the um, um, Gate World website, if you're a dyed-in-the-wool Star Trek fan, I'm not going to deal with that issue right now. But they saw I'm, your name. I'm telling you yeah. that, it, yeah, you have, to, you have to step out of the shadows and turn on Stargate Atlantis and give me three episodes. Watch me three episodes, and I, am, I challenge you not to become a Stargate fan, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, and if you don't become a Stargate fan, I don't want to hear about it. But <laughs> just give me, give me my shot, okay? And now, go ahead, ask your Star Trek question. Should the franchise, uh, God willing, ever return to the 24th century, uh, would you like to, to go back to that character and, and spend more time with the Doctor in some capacity? I, I, had, a, I had a fun time. It was a great run. Mm -hmm. um, I think that uh, it's a great idea that J.J. Abrams is, is going to reboot mm -hmm. the franchise. Yeah. And I suspect the movie will be a big success because I think he's a very smart guy and an exciting director. So I think that your question ha has already been rendered moot mm. by that, um, that, they, that they're going to start over again and they'll be set in a different point in time. Um, sure, it was, it was great fun to play the character. It's always, it would be wonderful to kind of slip the shoes on again. But I don't, uh, I don't see it happening. What they might do is if they if they start making Star Trek movie after Star Trek movie, they might start stunt casting in different ways some of the uh, some of the familiar faces, but probably like you playing had a to do first contact. Yeah, but probably yeah. probably playing different roles because okay. uh, because of the different time frame. Okay, you know, I um, 
I, uh, I've been contacted by the New Voyages, which is the, the ones that yeah, make the, uh, you do the good thing. job. Boy, the one with George Please, Takei, I thought was just was splendid. Good. And they've asked to do one with me, and I said, well, my initial idea, of course, was to play a, a, a character who was um, uh, virulently opposed to the development of artificial intelligence. Probably sort of a religious kind of a quasi-religious figure who felt mm -hmm. that that was, that it was the, the satanic or something like that. <laughs> but to play someone who, yeah, the anti-Zimmerman. That's what I wanted to do. And, and, and Spiner did an Enterprise. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, did he do the same thing? That's right, they he told me that. But I do, I do think that, uh, that it'll be interesting to see the franchise um, come back. You know? yeah. and, and, mm -hmm. uh, and I think all... The more uh, good science fiction just encourages people's appetite for more good science fiction. So I don't, I don't really see a competition between, you know, between the franchises. I know I'm the first actor to, to now have one foot in in each franchise, which I'm proud of, and I, I think it's. Uh, I know this. It'll it'll mean that I get lots of offers to to write my name on my face all over the world. <laughs> As fans, we thank you for your contribution to thank our favorite so genre. Much. Yes. And thank, thank you for spending time with us, Robert Picardo. Oh, great. I appreciate it. Thank you both. Wormhole disengaged.